welcome back to another episode of Bopcast, where it is my job to interview outliers who are breaking the mold regardless of the status quo in these raw and uncensored conversations with interesting people. Today on the show, I have somebody that fits this exact definition. Julian Dory is an ex-banker turned full-time podcaster. I found him because of his content and clips on Instagram and TikTok, and his content blew me away. It was such high quality, and honestly, you've probably seen some of his TikTok content and not even known it. He has a massive following of over 400,000 combined on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, and his clips are in the tens of millions of views. Let me give you the background of this conversation. We were recording for about an hour and my power went out. Um, And I don't have a power backup here for my computer. I thought I lost the whole thing, but I was actually able to recover it. So this is part one of Julian Dory. And next week, I will be bringing you another two hours of the conversation. Both extremely high quality, wide ranging, covering controversial topics, covering Russia, the mortgage crisis. I mean, you name it, we went into it in these three hours. So before we jump in, the only thing I ask of you is please review the show if you're on Apple Podcasts. Good, bad, just give us an honest review of the show so we can improve. And please follow us on the platform you're listening on. That is the easiest and free way to support the show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And please enjoy part one of Julian Dory. Welcome back to another episode of Bobcast. Today on the show, I have my man, Julian Dory. How are you, man? I'm good, bro. Thank you for having me. Anytime. It's great. It's great having you here. I've been actually, I haven't been following you that long. I just noticed your content. I really enjoyed the quality of it and I, I respected it. And I said, this guy's doing something. And I didn't even know you were in Jersey. I just liked your content. And I'm like, oh shit, dude. Like this is another like creator who's actually doing a conversational based show. I'll set a little bit of context for people before we go in. But, um, you know, you have this podcast, you have this story. You weren't always a podcaster, weren't always a content creator. Um, and it's just been pretty interesting to me to to see when I saw it on the outside. I'm like, all right, this obviously this guy knows what he's doing. But I didn't realize it's not like you've been doing this for 10 years. No, I'd done media work for I guess like a couple years leading up to doing the podcast but we had on-site producers at live events they put the fucking mic on me and I'm just like all right well I hope it works and that was it were I just those, knew those how to interviews do like the ba- like when you're interviewing some like there was like a it looked like kind of a banking or some kind of like seminar or something I don't know if that was before your podcast it was you, deeper on your Instagram oh, oh oh the Maxwell's the Max yeah that was one of them the Maxwell's were they're an annual football award system, so they did like college and NFL awards, always down in AC. So we did content there in three years ago, fuck, March 2019. And that was one of my first, maybe the first real soiree into like doing it on camera. But yeah, like when we did events like that, you know, we'd have the on site guy who we brought and he'd like put everything up you know doing the mic that's actually on you like the remote mic not an actual mic like this and i'd be like all right we're good all right you tell me when and that was it so no i had never really done it and then you know everything came together and then i started doing this where were you let's take it back a little bit before trend of fire happened that's the name of your podcast that's what you've built a brand around i'm not sure if you've built other brands like that before but 
that's that's your current podcast, very successful. But what was your job before that? I worked on Wall Street. I was a private banker. So, like, I guess titles among them were, like, financial advisor and stuff like that. But my team that I worked with, we worked exclusively with what's called ultra high net worth, which is an actual term, not to sound like a douchebag. But we worked with really fucking rich people and we did every single thing in their financial life soup to nuts we also worked with companies on things like sometimes we do like public companies 10b5-1 plans we do something as simple as like a 401k which was really just an excuse to help a company manage the basics of what their plan is and be able to talk with their people who are major executives and things like that but it was it was a full all-encompassing financial program that we ran and we were within at the time it was Merrill Lynch which is owned by Bank of America Bank of America is a horrible company by the way neither here nor there but we were there and I did that for four or five years did you know you were going to do that before that like in college no I, I never really thought about anything when I was in college it was like I had a great time at college but my view on the world had always just kind of been you do this then you do that then you do that then you do that i never really thought about what that all meant or what that felt like and to put that in english i i kind of figured like you just go to school so you know you're in high school you get as good grades as you can do the extracurriculars or whatever the fuck that shit is and then you get into college and you kind of do the same thing now you just drink and fuck on the weekends and then when you get out of college you Get a job, you know, you go to the job fair while you're a senior, you figure out a respectable industry to go into, and then you work your way up and, you know, maybe you're married by 30 and having kids by 32 and on your way building a 401k. Like I didn't, I didn't even think of it that deeply, but I just, the point is it wasn't like, well, what else, what else is out there? Like what, what, what could I do here? It was never, I just kind of like, I had a great time, but I just. I went with the flow. So when it came time to start thinking about jobs, I'd done internships like each summer. And then I don't know what it was, but I got into my senior year of college, like right before my senior year, I was thinking like, oh, maybe I should just go to Wall Street. That makes sense. All right, let's do it. And then I just started, I interviewed with a lot of companies that weren't Wall Street too. But then I just, I ended up meeting the guy who became my boss, who to this day I'm like this with very very close and one thing led to another and he hired me so that was the whole thing and then I ended up working straight out of college on Wall Street pretty much what was it like being in a company like that versus like beforehand like your idea of I should just go to Wall Street that makes sense that was horrible so the transition or the actual job itself? The transition didn't feel like anything because I didn't know what to look for. But then once I got in there, I, I don't know how you feel about like corporations and, and companies. I but have opinions. I think we have two camps of people. The people who are like, this is how things are done. And the people who are like, you know, you're Bernie Sanders, like, they're taking everything from us, like that whole bit. And they, they shouldn't exist. They're very bad. I think... When you hear my rhetoric of how I talk about it, I will come across as more of a Bernie Sandersite. But to be clear, I recognize that that's not realistic. Corporations are a very, very important part of society. They provide a lot of jobs. There's a lot of great things they do. So I try to be careful with that. But 
a, an enormous issue that exists in anything that I got exposed to because for a little clarification, a big part of my job was knowing everyone, getting out there in the world, seeing who talks to who, why, what industries work with each other, how this works, how that works because we had to build relationships with people making money. So that includes everyone. For sales or what? For Yeah, to, to get clients. So as I started to learn that, I could also see a lot of other corporations that functioned in a similar way on the negative end, which is what happens in these corporations is you have people who report to people who report to people who report to people, and they all have these different bullets in their job description, which you can literally see when you apply to a job. And so everyone worries about their house, right? The the things that they have to worry about, which perfectly fair in a lot of ways, but there there's an elimination on how much thinking and creativity and cohesion is allowed based on, well, no, you don't talk to that person because that person talks to that person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And on Wall Street, in their defense, it's on a whole nother level, especially at banks, because of the overregulation that has occurred. Now, I got interested in Wall Street because I studied the 0809 crisis. I was so curious about that. While it was happening, too, I was young. I was a kid, but I was like, well, this is weird. You know, what's going on? And How old were you? I was 15, 14, something like that. And, you know, there were people who did awful things. Like, like real, And they didn't go to jail either, which is a disgrace. There are some scumbag, you know, straight... B- verified, though, that they did these... Verified. This is not a conspiracy. This is... A, they know. quite literally, none of them went to jail. But these people... I don't want to go on a whole lesson on it, but these people created bullshit, bullshit products that they sold as gold. And they then, when they would sell it... Physical products? No. They would... All right, let's go into it a little bit. Yeah. In the 2000s, due to legislation that occurred in the late 90s and then throughout the Bush presidency, you had, among other things, a huge movement on new home buyers. Right. And the access to mortgages, which in a lot of ways, very fair motives there. You know, people should be able to get a house if they want to. But it created a system where banks, for example, had the freedom to go into lenders and say, oh, you just loaned so and so that contract for whatever percent. We'll buy it off you right now and you'll make your 3% or whatever it is profit immediately and be able to go out and give another one because we're going to take that mortgage. We're going to bundle it up with a bunch of other mortgages. We're going to give it a rating and stamp it right on top and sell it as a bond to all these pension funds and all these places that buy passive income, right? All these huge investment vehicles. And so when that, and this might be getting a little complicated, but when that happened, it inse- once you're paying off the lender and incentivizing them to now have free money that they just got in to go out and give more loans, what's going to happen? They're going to give more loans. Yeah, it's an incentive to give more loans. Exactly. So as you give more loans, you get lower and lower down the totem pole of people who deserve them. And as you're giving more and more and you're not taking on debt, right, because they're just selling it out the back door to Wall Street, well, now you don't give a fuck if you're giving it to Johnny down the street, making 40 grand a year, buying a $1.4 million house. These were one-sheeters. So even off of Wall Street, it created a whole bad system in the mortgage industry, and then Wall Street connected it back to the whole insurance industry, which some people say sometimes is a part of Wall Street. I disagree. I think it's, you know, there are financial services, but they're a separate end of it. So they'd go to places like AIG, and they'd say, oh, by the way, let's make some more money. You guys put insurance on this shit we just put together. AIG's sitting there going, 
well, fuck yeah, it's like AAA rated. Let's do it, you know. And they just do their whatever. What's the insurance term? No it, shit, man. It starts with an S, maybe. It's like the risk assessment kind of thing. Whatever it is, check it out. Yeah, so they do their little risk assessment, and everything looks okay. And over time, if people saw the Big Short, some of that movie went way too fast to really understand it. Like I even but had a, to go. But a good, pretty good movie in terms of representation. A very yes. good movie is my point in in terms of representation. Like. It just created this thing where it happened so quickly and inflated so quickly that you literally had to be like Steve Carell's team and send guys down to Florida to neighborhoods and see empty neighborhoods and be like, holy shit, there's a bubble. Whereas like, there's a bubble, sell everything. You know, and there weren't a lot of people that saw that. So Congress responded, you know, people were angry. They had every right to be. And one of the ways Congress responded was by legislating against all of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem. This is where I see no middle ground in society. Another example. We live in extremes. We go from not legislating them at all, letting some of their teams allow this to happen. Again, these are isolated teams who are in one part of a bank. There's a million other people at the bank who have no idea what they're doing, but they fuck everyone over. So then everybody gets fucked over. Mm-hmm. And the job becomes you got to ask for permission for toilet paper just to wipe your ass. And that's what I started to see when I was working in there. I'm like, every little thing that should be common sense that you're allowed to do, we're not allowed to do. Huh. How is that sustainable? And it wasn't. As the industry has been blowing up. You know, the pandemic just kind of sped that part up, I think. So what year was this when you were recognizing that? I remember the day I recognized it for the first time. It was... Uh, I want to say September 2016, early on. Somebody, did, was it you on your own? Or? It was me on my own. We we had had a guy who ran our office, and this is typical management, right? Where's the, where's the company suit? He's got to go with all the talking points, whatever. One of my first meetings working there, months before, he had come in and shit on this rule called the upcoming Department of Labor Fiduciary Standard. And no one knew what it was yet because it hadn't come out, but there were rumors about what it was going to be. And he got up there and he was basically making like backhanded Obama jokes, like all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, I guess the guy's got his opinions. I didn't know what the fuck the law was going to be. Yeah. I was sitting there falling asleep listening to him talk about it, but he's shitting on it. And so then September 2016, the law comes out as to what it's going to be. And he calls a, a week later, he calls a giant company-wide meeting we worked at one of the biggest offices at merrill lynch like the actual all the different advisors working there is like top three offices at the whole firm and he calls everyone in we all pile into the conference room i think they had to have like three sessions because there's 150 200 people a session what were you thinking right before like when they start calling you this all these people in like did you so were you still of the mindset of like no he was was just going to explain it i was like okay i guess but is that normal like, was that normal procedure? Yeah, when for changes? when a law comes out? Fuck yeah. Okay, cool. Well, He's a manager. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, I, I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's that's the kind of thing these guys lived for. Uh, so, this, right? but, so this is just kind of another day, though. Like, but when you're going into this. Yeah. I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, we're going to finally find out what it is, see yep. what we got to do. And I remember we all sit in there. Everyone's kind of whispering. And he gets up there. And before he starts talking, he hasn't quieted everyone down. He kind of, like, clasps his hands together. And he, like, walks around a little bit, collecting his thoughts, and, like, that thing 
goes on his face. You know, like when someone goes into a sales call, they could be sitting there talking to you like this, and they're like, hold on, let me die. Hey, Jim, how are you? What's going on? What kind of day is it today for you? Oh, oh it's great for me outside. It's 60 degrees. Listen, I got, I got a great offer for you. It's something you're not going to be able to turn up. Like all that, like that thing happens. And I literally watch his face, like almost the blood, like went in a different direction. It just transforms. And everyone quiets down. He starts talking and he goes, he goes, everybody, thank you for coming here today. And I got to tell you, in all my years working for this wonderful firm, today is one of the most important days we've ever had. At this point, I'm like, wait, isn't this about the law he was shitting on? And now I'm like tuned in. And he goes, thanks to President Obama, we are now officially a profession. This is going to be one of the best things that ever happened to us. I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is the guy who was just shitting on this seven months ago or six, five months ago, whatever it was. And the law, as it turned out, was the exact things that were the rumors. It was was like people knew. So turned out everything he was talking about was true. And now here he was selling it to us. And I said to myself, walked out of there. I'm like, what changed? And I'm like, oh, this guy makes $1.6 million as a manager of one of the biggest offices at the firm, but he's just a key on the cog. And so he got on a conference call with the guys who are way up above him who said, here's what we think as a, co- not we, like just us, we as a company think X, Y, and Z about this new law. And so here's what you're going to tell your people to get them excited about it. There's no thinking for yourself. There's no trying to draw a logical conclusion. There's no thought about what's in the best interest of the client, which was literally the definition of the law. Do what's in the best interest of the client, fiduciary standard. There's no thought about that. It's bullshit. We're just going to accept every single thing that was said here. And now we're going to sell it to everyone. No, no, we knew this was coming and we loved it. And that actually ended up being the beginning. I mean, I think it happened before that, but it was the real beginning of the end for Merrill Lynch. And Merrill Lynch's entire asset management business is dead now. I mean, it's just dying like crazy. My boss, for example, after I left the firm, he'd been there for 30 years. He's one of the biggest producers at the entire firm. He's a managing director. Out. Left. Went to another firm. Went to another bank because it was that bad. It was that bad. So... That was, a, that was a huge eye-opening day for me because I said, this man who is clearly an intelligent individual, he's not a dumbass, right? He's handcuffed. He threw on the facade. He's making a mill. Yep. Cool. He's handcuffed. I'll do whatever you guys need me to do. Exactly. And so that is, that is a downside of corporate America. I think it's worse, at, far worse at banks than it is at other places. But it exists everywhere, and there's got to be some ways to work against it so that you get the good side of corporations to come out. You can see in a totally different example, you can see similar things when social events happen and corporations give really hollow, just not genuine comments at all just to get brownie points. And then it becomes like a a thing that is decreed within their firm and no one can speak otherwise. The most egregious example of that as far as like not even one that precipitated that was started with comments, but you saw like the James Damore thing at Google a few years back. You know, he, he was a guy who wrote an internal memo trying to break down the issues with why there are fewer females working in, in a lot of positions. This was the beginning of a lot of this. Too, yes. Where you go. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is not about what he said. This yeah. is one of the first ones where you go. This is like the Dave Chappelle 
we just say what it is, but we don't quote it, right? That's one of the first ones where you go, nobody read this fucking thing. Yeah. And so nobody's going to read it. So we'll just plant a headline, place it there. We'll say this is what he said, and everybody, people will believe it. But it was one of the first instances, at least in my mind, where I heard Joe talking about it, and I'm like, okay, let me read it. Let me check it out. And I actually read it, like some of it, not the whole thing. But then I'm like, all right, this guy's not anything like they're portraying him to be. And it was one of the first examples of that. He was really fair. He 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 may have been a little overly pragmatic. I believe, if I remember this correctly, I think he talked about this like he has Asperger's or something like that. So he's more he's a little bit slightly socially off, which you should have empathy for, if yeah. anything. But the paper. No, but if we paint a picture of you, then we can't have right. any nuanced perspective of you. At the all. paper was fine, and the reaction ended up being he was fired. You know, therefore, oh, like yeah. canceled and all this shit, and the and you know, you have Sundar Pichai, the the leader of Google, coming out talking about how we don't condone this type of whatever. And I don't think Sundar actually thinks that. No. In fact, I wonder if Sundar actually read it because on his list of priorities of things to do, this should be near the goddamn bottom, yeah. including once it blew up. You know, like in a way, I'm like, why, why is he? Yeah, but it is, about isn't that? it weird that hitting a checkbox for them was just being like, we don't condone this? Like, exactly. We, isn't that, that odd? Though? That's that's my point. Yeah. Yeah, these they, it ends up infecting everything to where there are just certain things that no no we, this is just how we have to do it because it presents the least problems for us. Mm-hmm. Not what is the long term viability of the space we create. It's what is the short term viability of what can present the least problems because we have a quarterly report to go to and my ass is on the line mm-hmm. as an individual. Funny, yeah. as an yeah. individual, as a CMO, yeah. CEO, CFO, whatever, if we don't do blank right now, that's the issue. Yeah, I kind of, you know, somebody that does not, that I do have respect for in that arena is Dorsey, which I know he's not really involved in Twitter. I don't think I'm, any- I'm a huge Jack Dorsey fan. Yeah, like I just, I really. I, I know, like, I, I don't think pe- a lot of people kind of understand how things, <laughs> I mean, there's this whole thing about people just demonizing CEOs and just yeah. people don't really know what CEOs do or why, how, how much money they make compared to people who are invested in the company. And, exactly. Yeah. But by the way, yeah. not to cut you off for a second, no, but go for it. the exact reason I say what I say about corporations too. People, including myself by accident, sometimes will just demonize all corporations. That's not right. We should not do nothing. Is a very few things in life. Maybe mm-hmm. not nothing. Very few things in life are a perfect generalization. Yeah. So I I agree with your point there. Yeah, and it's like it's that's kind of tough because it's like oh cliches are true for a reason, but it's like there's not a lot there. You can't in something like that. Well, that's just not that's just not having an understanding of um of business because business is is not what it looks like on the outside. It's what it looks like on the inside. It's what it is on the inside. That's really business. The outside is external things or externalities. There's their 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 marketing. Anything you see on the outside is basically marketing. I don't even care if like you could kind of chop it up to branding, marketing, sales. But there's a lot of you're not gonna see. You don't see operations on the outside. You know exactly. You don't see these nuances of business. So people see headlines about a business. But they don't know, neither, we only have as much information as this person who's criticizing it. So I'm like, okay, well, you would have to find out more information about that business to understand. Listen, I'm not justifying Spotify and paying their artists less, but when people say, Spotify doesn't pay enough, then I say, what should they pay? 
And I say, what's the fair market value of your music? Mm-hmm. And are they paying you the fair market value of your music? Well, then you should go elsewhere. It's like, I just, there's just all these, and I'm a fucking artist and I release music on Spotify and I've been on Spotify for five years. But I just think people just don't like this. And they don't want to get into the weeds and try to understand business. They want to just say, oh, the CEO should make less money or something, which is like the wackest arguments that yeah. I've heard. But Well, there's two things there. One thing we can come back to, the societal economic uh, social forces all meeting each other in anger over the wealth gap which manifests itself in things like that like just demonizing all ceos and all corporate entities who are the pinnacle of what society views as rich society and who are part of the rigged game which certainly some things are rigged no doubt about that 100 percent. but you know there, there's there's good and you bad can rig it legally yeah, no, it, that, that, exactly. It's called taxes. Like, it's Exa- called cor- incorporating, you know? Well, that's a different, that's a whole different conversation. I won't that's more you right than now. me, man. I won't speak. But y- you look at, there, w- there was one direction I wanted to take this. I don't want to miss it, but I can't remember It'll what it was. Because you, what was that last point you made? About the artists and people assuming Spotify. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah. I know what it was. Who is the one entity that outside of some of the like worst of the quote unquote mainstream media who just loves to hate on anything, who is the one entity that is questioned the least and viewed among the corporate elites the least? It's going to be obvious when I say it, but it's a very wide question. I don't expect you to get it right. Oh, man. But it's a corporation, you're saying? Yeah. I'll put it this way. There's a huge face behind them. I guess Amazon, right? No. Oh. No. Was that a good guess? No. Oh, shit. Sorry. Okay. I'll do (laughs) it. Trett, do you want to hop in? I'm just being honest. Trett, you want to try? No. I'm not not even going to try. If I said that there's a company out there who's a huge company, but when you think of the company, you do not think of the company. You think of the person. The old answer would have been Steve Jobs. Oh, with well, Apple. Tesla or no, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now Tesla. I'm gonna put it all under one umbrella. SpaceX. The companies that are uh-huh. Elon Musk. They're huge companies. They make a lot of money. They have a lot of inside deals, just like as they should in some ways as a corporation. And I bet you, if you pulled all the Elon fanboys, of which I'm certainly one, off the street. A lot of people couldn't tell you the first fucking thing about their operations and all the stuff that we might complain about at other places. Mm-hmm. But you know why their stands of Tesla and SpaceX and love it? Their stands because of Elon. And you know why their stands of Elon? Because for better or worse, including sometimes where you're like, what the fuck did you just say? Elon goes right to the people. Elon doesn't hide behind statements. Elon mm-hmm. decides to just, if he wants to tweet like, oh, our stock's too high, which is a very bad idea to tweet that. He'll tweet it. He doesn't give a fuck. My dad tells me he's like, he's getting sued in Delaware court all the time. Yeah. Like he has to show up sometimes too. And he's just like, doesn't give a fuck about anything. He's like, you know, it is what it is. Part, part doing business. But he could avoid a lot of that if he towed the corporate line and not said anything. Mm -hmm. When you look at all these other companies, how often do you see them actually like, just like throw the phone around to themselves and make a statement? Yeah. Or like send out a tweet that's not clearly written by their PR oh, no, department. It's clearly different, right? I don't know why in this day and age we do not have leaders widespread across corporations who are fucking loose and fast and are just like fuck it. I, well, got, no- I got nothing to hide. I'll tell you better or worse, and people will love you for it. it well, I think it's first of all it's personality, and then part of it. 
part of it is profits. Elon's companies don't, they don't, he can do that. Like, if profits dip, that's okay. Because if that wasn't okay, he wouldn't do it. Right? Yes. But what about all the big companies I could say the same thing about? Yeah, but that's then it's not okay in their company right. to do that. So, you know, meaning the other people who are the shareholders or the board or whatever it is, if they did that, they're scared. Like there's definitely the reason they would they don't don't do it is because it has to be because of fear. There's no other way reason because Elon ha- doesn't have fear for, about that, you know. He also doesn't have fear in the disappointment of honesty about things, which is very very important. There was a show way back in the day. I did not watch. I was way too. I don't. Even, was I? I don't know if I was born when I came on. No, I was born. But it was. It was like from maybe ninety eight, ninety nine, whatever. West Wing. I think it went into two thousand. I've heard of it. I've never that? watched it. So, Charlie Sheen's dad, Martin Sheen, played the president in there, Jed Bartlett. And I watched. I think I watched that show in college on Netflix or something. And it's an idealistic view of what the presidency would be and what they'd stand for, which is kind of sad when you think about it. But there was a scene, I think, in the first season that stuck with me at the time when I knew very little about the world, and it just gets stronger and stronger over time because it was so ahead of its time, with an example being quite literally in the Oval Office. And I'm like, this is how it's done. But he's the president is talking at a press conference and he just had to make some sort of deal on some sort of bill that fucked over some people who voted for him because there's trade-offs and stuff right you have if i come out as a candidate and i have these 200 priorities right if i I have them ranked right one is more important than another if priority number four comes up in a bill but i gotta fuck the people in priority 196 Mm mm-hmm out of my 200 I might do it it's it's a cost to do it sucks and it shouldn't have to be that way but our system unfortunately is it's a downside of it and so you might have to do that so at this press conference he had just signed a bill or some shit like that and he's getting asked about it by the media and one of the reporters gets up really angry and says Mr. President when you sign this bill or whatever you effectively agreed to X, Y, and Z, which goes directly against what you campaigned on to win office, where you told the people of this group that they would have X, Y, and Z, and now you are taking that from them in order just to get your bill done. What do you have to say to those people? And he looked down and then looked back up and very little hesitation, like maybe 0.3 seconds like that, and said, I'd say I screwed you. And everyone in there was like, what the fuck? And he looks right at it. He goes, I screwed you. 100%. And if those people never want to vote for me, they have every right not to vote for me because what I said on the campaign trail ended up not being true. I will tell you why I did it right now. And he laid out exactly that point. This is what I could get. That's what I had to give up. It sucks. Those people have every right to be angry at me. And I'm sorry. It's a part of the system. And if, if you hold that against me, I will not blame you. Now, if you're someone who got fucked right there, Maybe that number 196 wasn't the only thing you care about. If it's the only thing you care about, you're probably never voting for this guy. But maybe you say, like, well, I appreciate the honesty, right? So he's not the devil in your eyes. But if you're somebody who got fucked and there's a couple other issues you care about that he supports, you might say, you know what? I like this guy. He's That sucks. But what would I have done in that position? You know what? I might have done the same thing. And what this guy was doing in a show from 98 or whatever it was was in the pre-social media era as a president character 
demonstrating full-blown radical transparency that is not always friendly. And people got behind it. And you look across culture, you look at people that people hate. Elon Musk is an example. Another way different example that really shouldn't matter that much because he's supposed to be a comedian. But like you look at you look at Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy, <laughs> I mean, the shit that guy says to tell the truth is like sometimes beyond the pale. I'm I'm even uncomfortable for him. But you can't really qu- like that's why he can't get canceled. You can't really question him because I mean he'll sit there and give you DMs of him talking about some chick with astrology. This is a and terrible her, and analogy, but he's like the Elon Musk of media kind of a little bit. It's not a terrible analogy. That is very I very much agree with what that is. Their viewpoints are different. Yeah, Their priorities no, just are in the way. I mean, shit. Yeah, man. I mean, to that point of they, it is a he he. <laughs> Dude, my one of my favorite one, my favorite ones of him is when he's on. Lady pulls up next to him. He's he's doing the pizza thing. He's like has pizza. If you don't know porno, just look up porno pizza. You watch three of them, you'll get it. And he's on there, and he's and so the lady comes down the street, and he's got the pizza, and she's like, "Oh my god, my like husband loves you." And his the husband's on the Bluetooth in the car. And she's like, "Will you just talk to my husband?" He's like, "Yeah, like f- fucking whatever." I think I and saw. So he goes over it, and 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 he goes, "Dave." He's like, "He's like, you gotta go to this place." And then she goes, "Yeah, his his family owns it." <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> and he goes, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, I'm not gonna. And he looks at the camera, and he goes, "This fucking." And he says the name of the place. Fucking is terrible. They suck. Never go there. Like yeah. it was just one of those where I'm like, wow. Like this. Any you know, you get a typical C- CEO. Of a company. I'm sure it's great. Quote, I'm sure it's a great quote, place. Exactly. But. Oh, oh no. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. I'll get. Like you take anybody else, you know that that owns a media company, and they're just gonna be. They're gonna either just not talk to you at all, or they're or they're just gonna be nice to you. You know, just because they know they're on camera. Dave Pornoy, full flip. You know. What happens when these people get on camera? Do you think anyone talks like those motherfuckers on the news? Like, well, tonight, Jim. At the top of the hour, we have another molestation in the no. church. Approximately seven kids have come forward. Here's a picture of the of the potential abuser. They, and then they get off camera and they're like, give me my fucking liquor, bitch. Let's go. We like, had a broadcaster <laughs> on. I, I should just give you his information. I've had one on, too. Oh, you, you I, got one, too? Yeah. I will actually give a lot of fairness to John Boric. John Boric talks that way in real life. Like, you will be shooting the sh- shit with him, getting drunk, and, like, he's just I don't know born. about you, but he's my first 30 seconds of the podcast with him, with Connor Mills, shout out to Connor Mills, man, um, public address announcer, too. Yeah, dude, I said, this is just how you talk, and he's like, yes, I do. There's some people who legitimately talk like that. I love you, Connor, brother. There are, there are a lot of people who don't, though. Mm. Like, you ever see, Most like, people don't, you ever if see, we're being honest here. You ever see the bloopers of, like, the guy, the guy on camera is getting, like, stung by a bug? He's like, what? God damn this shit! And then he gets back oh, and yeah. goes, "Well, Jim." And it's like, <laughs> it's like I like the other guy a lot better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we had this standard in society that, like, yep. oh, that's that's you know, how you got to do and it. The way that see, like, we do this is fucking broadcasting. I guess this is like, you know, talking shit basically. But we don't put on a facade for this. But I do. The only thing I can relate it to is like DJing and like MCing and things like that How and so? doing live events. Um, because I, me and Trent did it in. We have a, uh, a a podcast that we do together, just me and him. And it's called the Shit Show. We just like pull random shit up on the internet and fuck around. What, what is that short for, by the way, Trent? Uh, it's not. 
It's, it's just Trent. <laughs> it's just Trent, yeah. That's a pretty savage name. I was, Thanks, I was waiting for somebody to ask you on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, so I was named after somebody. It's actually their last name. So Was that like an offshoot, like where they were Trip, like they were a third, but people just somehow called him Trent by accident or something? No, no, his his legit last name uh, was, was Trent, spelled the same way, T-R-E-T-T. Oh, it was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they they I, did the last name job on you. Well, that's fine. Honestly, his first name's Elmer, so I'll take Trent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I wouldn't be saying the same about Elmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Elmer, we would just, all right, cool, man. Yeah, yeah you, you'd have right. a nickname. Yep. It'd, be, it'd be like Speed or some shit like, I don't know, something. Yeah, dude. Something that sounds cool. But anyway, you were saying, you were, talk, you were talking about DJing. Oh, yeah. So we did it on, that's where I was. Um, so we have a podcast called The Shit Show where it's just me and Trav and just fuck around, drink whiskey, and just pull shit up on the internet. And, nice. And, you know, we don't expect, I don't promote it. Like, the people who subscribe, some of them like it. That's kind of where it's at. Um, it's a lot of fun to do. And so he was, we were talking about, I was talking about DJing in my experience. I've been doing it since I was 16. And and he was like, all right, just do like an introduction. So I did like an actual introduction that I would have done. And I don't, it's not like I'm, I don't talk like this when I do it. You know, I do have an inflection. Like I do. And what, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we got a show for you. Yeah, you do, you do one of those? Yeah. It's a little bit more, you know, refined, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured I've like been doing a it 1970s DJ. I'm sorry. I know, no, I, I for really real. Dated Yo, you right there. No, I wish. Honestly, I kind of wish I was around for like turntables and shit. That was the real deal, man. That was that was the real deal. But but yeah. I, anyway, like I, I when I started doing it, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. So I basically just yell. Now I can actually talk and use an inflection and go up and mm. then bring you back down. And I can, you know, I know I had to do an introduction with light music and an introduction with a very powerful music. You know, I have the tiger versus maybe. You know, Tennessee whiskey, right? So different inflections for those different types of songs, different types of scenarios. Do you have a slow dance or do you have an introduction where the brattle party's all fucking hammered, right? So there's going to be a yeah. guy trying to do a backflip. That's going to be a different introduction than I'm introducing. I just the other day introduced three three sets of grandparents. And sometimes I have to introduce them at their table. Obviously, I'm not going to be like, all right, let's get this. <laughs> You know, I'm not gonna be. You're not. You're not like the guy in the Hangover and singing every song redubbed, right? No, no. At least I try not to be. That was that was way back. What was the one song he was singing? Like a classic song. He's like, oh, he would he would change. God damn it! That's gonna that's gonna bother me. We're gonna have to in my head. We're gonna have to look at. Try. Can you pull that up? Yeah, look that up. In the Hangover, where he's re-singing the song, he's like, and I just. Damn it! What song is it? But he's taking. No, like a I literally just song. watched it the other day again when it was on, like the last quarter of it or something. It just randomly cut. It's one of those movies now that's like just on. Yeah. And even The Hangover Two. I don't even think The Hangover is on. Maybe it was The Hangover Two I was watching. I don't want to close my fucking eyes or something like that. <laughs> I don't want to fall the fuck asleep because <laughs> I miss fucking you, baby. <laughs> something like that. It's oh like it's God, like that. Dude. See, that's. That's obviously comedy that's overboard, but like, you know, not that you go there, but you read the room is your point. But anyway, yeah, I read the room, but the thing is like with those news reporters, man, like they do, they are doing something, but the, how Connor explained it to me, and I know you had your experience, you interviewed somebody who does this too, but he was saying that it actually doesn't, they don't even, this is, he's, he's like, it's just journalism, like not, not for the TV stuff, but he's like, for most of it, it's really just journalism. It's not, they don't even judge you on your voice. If you have a great voice, great. But like, he's a, just got out of college. He's a board operator. They don't, it just cause you have an amazing voice doesn't mean you just go on and you're just on the radio yeah. or you're just on TV. So it starts with the journalism side, which dude, I just saw the, I just see him talking. I don't even think about, wait, 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 there's like 
stories and there's a way of going there's a the structure and it's so intricate i just think ah they just read the teleprompter and then they go home and like that's not it man i mean at least i don't know about the tv once he does radio and public address announcing with which is another thing that seems you know that voice when you're at a stadium and it's like isn't that crazy man imagine like see i do Honestly, I get more nervous for less people. If I have 500 people at, a, at an event, I'm good. Like, I'm straight. Like, I'm not even going to think about it. But if I have, like, 25 people and I'm mm-hmm. sitting there and I'm the asshole with the microphone. Yeah. And I got to, like, and I'm trying to hype people up. I remember doing this wedding, dude. And I tried. There was probably, I don't know if they didn't have that many friends. But, like, they <laughs> there was probably 70% older people who were just there for oh, the, no. the meal, the dessert, and let's get out of here. You yeah. know? And no disrespect to any of these people, man. It's just like, all right, that's you're making my job a little hard. You know, now I gotta really try. I gotta try. And I'm taking I just, out the Dean Martin, taking dude, out all the old shit. Yeah, dude, I, like for late, but but the introductions were like pop songs, dude. And I oh, literally no. look out, ladies and gentlemen, please rise in your seats. It is time for our great, you know. And they're and they're literally. I look at the seats and only like six people are standing. <laughs> let's let's put a round of applause together for Dua Lipa. <laughs> yeah, right? it was literally like fucking razor glass and like there's a goddamn seventy eight year old, but like none of them even stood up. You know, at that oh, point no. I went, okay, this is what we're working with today. But but yeah, man, I do have a little bit of a different voice for that, and I feel like some of those people do, and then some of them it's just fucking born, man. They're just embedded. I don't know. That's just their thing. Yeah, I think you know we got into this talking about going straight to the people and being transparent and, and being kind of real. You don't need to like try and overdo it. Don't don't ever try to be something you're not. Like if you're a CEO and of some major company, public company X and like you see Elon Musk, don't try to then be Elon Musk and like tweet out memes very badly. You know, like don't you don't need to be a different person, but what you should do is figure out well what what's the difference between him and me? And the difference is always, the the number one thing is going to be clear. I hide behind statements written by somebody who works for somebody who works for somebody who works for somebody that's in my PR department that's supposed to get across X, Y, and Z of our messaging and using certain verbiage to make sure it's all correct such that the public can't question this and our our shareholders, our shareholders won't question anything ahead of the quarterly. Vanillaism. Exactly. I haven't used that before. Me either. Vanillaism is good. claim it. Yeah, claim it. Write it down or claimed. It's pretty good. Get that domain. Vanillaism, I like it. But like, yeah, exactly. Like they'll use that and then they wonder why people, you know, body bag them on social media afterwards. Well, that's why. And in their defense, people still buy their fucking products. You know, these it do, it hasn't punished the major corporations. You know, everyone can try a Nike boycott if they like disagree with something they did politically. I think that's fucking stupid. Like it doesn't last. It only bolster bolsters their sales and like it reiterates that they can they can be not transparent about other things that are outside of whatever your politics are. You know, it's another thing. Like we overly politicize everything. It's like, dude, give me a fucking break. Like if a product's good and like they're not starting World War Three as a company, like I'm gonna fucking buy it. I don't care. Yep. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> I I was. Uh, do you know what uh, service do you use to upload your podcast? It's a distribution. Libsyn. Libsyn. Okay. Uh, people. Somebody was shitting on me for suggesting. I I used Anchor for the first two years. Somebody was like, not shitting on me. Like I. That's not how it was. They were just disagreeing. They thought that I shouldn't promote Anchor, and they say, ah, their values and their. And I said, okay, this is my. You can post about the way that you look at it. When I look at a company, I go. Because I'm thinking about it. What's the perspective of somebody trying to start a podcast that basically has nothing? What what uh, 
were you in person with this person questioning you? Oh, no. This is online. It's a whole different scenario. Next time, respond, say, what are you wearing right now? That's usually my go-to, but I was, yeah. it was in the comment section. On no, 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 the, no. Not for not for sexual reasons, though. That's pretty funny. I'm saying, what are you wearing right now? Because they're going to tell you, like, fucking Gucci's are Whatever they're going to tell you, you're going to be able uh-huh. to pick out some sweatshop somewhere where some kid is, like, a two-year-old with their fucking fingers no, uh, falling dude, off. Dude, they have a phone in their hand. We exactly. all know where these phone phones in, come from. Best okay. example. Just yep. look it up on Google. I'm not the where'd guy. You se- where'd you send that fucking text from? But, oh, your phone? You slave-laboring piece of shit. My, indicate, my, me- my metric was... Okay, what's the price of it? Does it put your podcast on multiple platforms? Does it own your podcast? Okay, yes, it puts you on multiple platforms. It's free. They don't own your podcast. Okay, wait, so you can do graphic design in the app? You can make a logo in there? Crude as fuck, but you can do it. You can edit your podcast. You can wait. You can record with multiple people. It's probably dog shit, but you can do it. Okay, it turns out this platform is pretty good. I don't care about like because the way that i'm looking at it is somebody who just needs the information and if i tell them hey you can use captivate libsyn buzzsprout blah blah blah, this that castos whatever that doesn't help them because now i gave them more problems now i now they said the podcast guy said there's 10 (laughs) you know so you know so that's the way that i look at it but it's kind of funny many I, I don't really a lot listen i'd like to look into the companies right you can look into my company our core values are trust impact and transparency okay it's on the website it's on the website but i don't need I, it's not like i look up other companies and i go what are their core values look, before i buy something you can walk up to any glass house and start rubbing the fucking dirt off and realize it's a glass house just because it has dirt mm-hmm. on the outside block and it doesn't mean it's a glass house and that's what people like to do they like to throw they like to throw bombs from glass houses, and they actually think they're not in them. And, you know, you can find it on anywhere. You are never going to work in today's global environment. You are never going to do something that's not with some sort of company that has some sort of compromisation somewhere. It's just what is the soup du jour today for someone to tweet about it and get the most amount of likes from the Twitter mafia, and therefore those companies that are in the middle of that crossfire are the ones that you can't work with. I mean, you see what we're doing right now to, like, Every company in Russia. Does every company in Russia want to invade Ukraine and, like, kill civilians? No, they do not. Does Is it fair that the at least 40% of society in Russia who fucking hates Putin is now completely punished by what a tyrannical dictator who they have no sway over to Wouldn't do what he does? Wouldn't that be like saying that – that would be like saying that, oh, everybody likes Biden. Exactly. Or everybody likes Trump. Well, they're right? all supporting Biden because they live in America. Wouldn't about, that be the same? How about the fact that we invaded Iraq for oil money? Oh, no, dude. There's too many other examples. Same There's, shit. I mean, listen, and I'm not, I'm not the guy. Listen, I don't really know geopolitics or anything like that, but... There's a other there's atrocities happening. Yeah, and I know. Listen, it's an ad. They're an ally, and there's a lot of pol- that I there's a lot of things that I don't understand. So I'm really speaking out of turn. But no, it's okay. But no one understands the full scope of this thing. Yeah, no. I mean, and that's so. How far have you dove into it? Pretty heavy. Um, you have to be very careful what you look at. You had some clips uh, been reposting a lot lately about before this even happened, right? You had been that was talking. a separate issue. Yes, it was within this issue, but not on, uh, not obviously like on the actual invasion. I mean, obviously, you look at this. You're a human being. What's happening to Ukraine is disgusting, and I feel horrible for those people. I, I think President Zelensky. I, I admire the fact that the guy said "fuck you" to you know being get an asylum said i'm gonna stay here and fight if they if i die i die i think that's an amazing thing so i think we're seeing a lot of amazing things from the ukrainian people unfortunately for them and this is not their fault 
this is a really awkward situation. And by awkward, I really should say like dire situation. You know, you have a, you have a world power invading a sovereign nation that people would consider of the first world, which is a whole nother thing, by the way. You know, I don't see the same energy. There's brown kids getting bombed every fucking day in the Middle East. It's gross. We've also been at fault for it in America heavily. Dude, we fly you know? video games into people. Agreed. That's a good way to put it. Sad, but true. Like, and I don't see the same energy for that. And it's not taking anything away from the Ukrainian people, but. I got a problem with that. I, I don't think any of this shit should be happening. I recognize the world is a fucked up place, though, and some things do. Just don't be hypocritical and suddenly be like, oh, because it's happening to Ukraine, where it's all white people, like, now we give a total fuck about it, and this is disgusting, and it must be stopped. The issue here is it is a world power in the middle of it with a quote-unquote sovereign nation located in the block of countries that make up the EU, even though they're not in it. And so if you then... Considering like their history together, by the way, Ukraine and Russia, the ex-USSR and all that, if you take certain actions here, you are going to hawkishly precipitate World War III. Like, I see the, the ball moving in the court of now the public suddenly starting to advocate yeah, for like no, I happen to, for no-fly zones and stuff. This is bad, man. You're not talking, I mean, no disrespect, but you're not talking about a country with 100,000 people in it. You're talking about Russia. Mm -hmm. They have nuclear fucking codes everywhere. They're invading a country right now that has, I don't know how many, but it's several different nuclear sites. You know, all kinds of different chemical laboratories. Ukraine, yo, if you get a second try, look up MMA fighters from the Ukraine. (laughs) Dude, they don't make these people the same. Yeah, same as Russia, though, too. Like, it's the same type of area of the world. For sure. But still, like, you look at it, and now there you got all these people marching in the streets in solidarity with Ukraine calling, which is fine. The second part, though, calling for no-fly zones when they have no fucking idea what that means. I mean, the best—there's a lot of shitty information out there. By far, it's not, in my opinion, from what I've looked at. I'm sure there's other stuff that I haven't. It has to be. But by far, the best covers of the situation I've seen is from Crystal and Sager of Breaking Points. They have. They've been the best. They have absolutely made things down to a simple level as to what the key things at stake here are. And credit to them, they were right on this thing when when the first people on the mainstream news and on the internet started calling for no-fly zones. They were all over that. Again, you have someone who's slightly right with Sagar, and you have someone who's slightly left with Crystal. So it's a great balance. They were united all over this about why that is a disaster because no fly zones essentially mean that you have to enforce they don't essentially mean they mean you have to enforce them so if you create a no fly zone over ukraine and russian planes go into ukraine you have to shoot them down that is an act of war Mm -hmm. and then by the way you also have to shoot down their regular bases as well i mean there's there's a whole bunch of different things we don't have to go all the way down but there's other things you have to then preemptively attack or as a response attack and so if you start provoking them you are going to get into a point here where what do you think they're going to sit there and play dead look look i don't think i think putin's an awful guy i've been trying to say that for years a lot of people have been trying to say that for years i don't think there's a good argument to say otherwise he's a fucking kgb holdover who's been a dictator for call it 
23 years, basically. I mean, the guy even, I forget what it was, but like he had to leave office because of term limits at one point and he installed the president, made himself prime minister, still ran everything, changed the law or whatever it was. Go look it up. I forget exactly the details. Came back as president. And he's tried to do this before though, yeah, as and, well. And it's like, he's crazy. You have to look at what what is the least worst. And as much mm. as you want to say, fuck you and kill him, Number one, it really can't come from the outside. Well, that's, also power vacuum. We know this from... That's exactly it. All these other people. Number one, it can't really come from the outside because that's an act of war. It's a problem. It needs to come from the inside. So mm. someone there has to kill him. Yep. Number two, if they do, who replaces him? That's what I'm saying. Power vacuum. Yeah, the power vacuum. And it's It's like, not the same as the Middle East, but it's the same concept. It, it, it's the same. It's human nature. It's, it's human the same nature. everywhere. Yeah, it's human too. If you don't kill the ideology itself, which is that oligarchical fascist ideology, that control ideology that he has, you don't accomplish the goal. You don't. You don't take him out. So, you know, as much as you want to see the blood, right, and get rid of him and say like, eh, score. You do have to look at the well-being of the world, not just Ukraine. Ukraine's well-being should absolutely be a priority right now. Then it's beyond that and say, well, if we do X for their well-being, what does that mean for Y? Dominoes. Which is all, yeah, what are the dominoes? And so you need to figure out a way where you negotiate and give Putin some things that he wants. And if I had the full answers to this, I'd be over there negotiating right now and being paid money to do it, but I don't. Mm -hmm. What I'll say is that if you look at their early offers on it, where they want, I'd never pronounce this stuff right, but they want like the DNR and the L, the, the two sovereign areas or what they view as should be sovereign independent areas on the east side of Ukraine that should be like their own thing and not associated with Ukraine. Russia wants them independent. They want to officially take Crimea, which effectively they've had since 2014, so that's not a real thing. And they want, to, they want assurances that Ukraine won't join NATO. The problem right now is that they want more than that. They want like demilitarization, which is a non-starter, because that would mean like, oh, this country just got invaded by you is going to say, you know, what, we don't need a military either. Like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, that doesn't work. But if you can find a way to get to the table and get him to take those three things, which are huge, shoot, you're giving him W's. Mm -hmm. You are giving him W's, mm -hmm. and this is what you got to live with, because you are going to leave him in power, and you are going to give him good. You're going to give him good political propaganda, and you are not going to get the bloodlust that the whole world wants because of this, the disgusting war crimes, frankly, that he's done to Ukraine. But you will prevent World War III in doing it. If you can get those three things, the no NATO, the DNR and LSK or whatever the fuck it is, as independent, and Crimea to Russia, you got you, you, you to gotta win a, a slight win for everyone here. My one issue, which is why I said I can't fully solve this problem at this point, is that how do you create a stipulation that also highly discourages him from ever trying this again to go take more? Because let's be honest, eight years ago he went in and took Crimea. Now he's back, you know, eight years later, taking the next part. He's like biting off pieces. How do you make sure he doesn't say five years? No, I'm going to bite off another piece. It's like and cyber attacks. Yeah, sure. Like if it's escalation, mm -hmm. right? How You're do you not make... supposed to give him the money, right? That type of thing. Sure. So how do you, without saying Ukraine's going to join NATO, which would break that agreement, how do you ensure that he's not going to do that? Is there a way to say, well, if you did this again, NATO without Ukraine? will attack you, which then in his mind may effectively say, so they're pretty much a part of NATO, right? 
I don't know how you solve that, but there needs to be some sort of some sort of deterrence mm. for him to do this again. I think it's there's just this is not to downplay any of this, but we I feel like we've kind of US I'm saying we when I say we I mean the US has kind of been a pretty large focus of a lot. I mean through Trump obviously is massive this is kind of the first time in a little while that like f- another area is 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 focused on in this way. Obviously, this is a mat something that's different. Even yeah. so funny, I saw Gary V post today, and he was like, "Events, you know, he's from Belarus, but he's like, oh, these events or whatever," and people just shitting on him, being like, "Events, Gary, events, Gary, are you crazy?" Like, just because he called them events, and and I don't want to downplay anything these, that's happening. These I'm just like saying, events. These, are you kidding me? Events. This is not just. It's it's fucking Gary. sad things. I will I, I will send whatever money. We'll we'll give an NFT. We'll give an NFT out there. We'll give it to both sides. No one heard that. Like, <laughs> do, do, do you have an NFT? Wait, how old are you? Twenty seven. You, you shouldn't be focused on war. Focus on NFTs. <laughs> I'm not building for four months from now. I'm okay, building okay. for four, 40 fucking years dude, from now. Dude, if I was Putin, I would totally like. I realize I have a lot of time. I have a lot of time. I have like thirty years. I, you can delta thirty years out of this. <laughs> If I was the president of Ukraine, I would totally just oh like make an NFT and just like <laughs> that guy needs a mute button. He really does, dude. Or like a fucking weed hit or something, dude. Give him a hit. Of he joint. really does need to try weed. Yeah, I know. He's real. like, so he's hanging out with he's all these whiny, rappers, and you're, you're telling me, and he apparently has. Like, I'm sure he gets second hand on and doesn't realize it, but he really needs to like take a I met good him. hit of a blunt. You met Gary? Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. So my my neighbor's his dad's landscaper. So I, <laughs> when I went to the store to meet him, because like they had a meetup at uh, Wine Library, and I saw his dad out in the parking lot, like directing cars. So I'm like, "Hey, Sasha, what's going on? You know, like I name, you know, drop my neighbor's you know name, who have been known my entire life." And he's like, "Oh yeah, man. Like I, you know, I've known them for they've been doing this, working for me for a long time or whatever." So then we started chopping it up with him, and then the story I've told it to so many times, but. But uh, but he was great in person. He's a great guy in person. Listen, I always say this about Gary because I, I make fun of him on, on things like that, and it is funny. And he does drop a lot of the same content over and over again, which drives me nuts. But with Gary, there is the good is good. When Gary is right, he is fucking right, and it's not like, oh, he was pretty good there. It's like, no, wow, he nailed that. No, you and he opens go, your mind yeah, too. That's the thing. Yes, there is a lot of good with Gary. My things that I complain about are using the same content over and over again. It gets a little old. Being too hyper aggressive on trying to be great at everything to just get yourself involved. I don't like that. And also, I think he way over, to use his word, over deltas telling everyone to just put content out all the time no matter what i think he's hurt he's helped on the top end of quality content he's hurt on the volume of content because people think if they just participate and do it on a certain schedule they'll win no matter what so you see a lot of shitty content out there yeah but it's all shit hey hey make sure you tune in next week for part two of julian dory i hope you enjoyed part one and as i said in the beginning the best thing you can do to support this show to keep it going is to just follow and subscribe on your platform of choice we also have all of the video versions up on youtube now uh, we started that this month and we're going to keep that going so uh, feel free to check out the video version of the show as well really appreciate it thank you so much for tuning in and join us next week for julian dory part two